Hello and welcome. This is Rugby Nation on rugby.com.au. I'm Nick McArdle. The Brumbies Nick White is standing by, fresh from quarantine. He is raring to go, but first, a very warm welcome to rugby.com.au's Beth Newman. Beth. Thanks, Nick. Another big weekend in rugby and uh, on and off the field, so plenty to talk about this week. There is indeed. Let's start with Joseph Suwali, the Sydney schoolboy sensation. Now, it looked like he was going to go to the NRL with South Sydney, in fact, had signed with the NRL. But uh, there are now reports that he's close to signing with rugby. But Rugby Australia is now saying that the the News Corp report of a three-year, $3 million deal with rugby is rubbish. Now, I've spoken with a couple of people today saying that the Olympics is really the big lure. What can you tell us? Yeah, it's an, an interesting one, isn't it, uh, the news that broke yesterday. Um, probably the, the thing that's kept the opportunity for rugby to potentially sign Joseph Sawali is the fact that he couldn't have his contract registered in the NRL until he turns 17, which isn't until the 1st of August. So, you know, Rugby Australia have been very open about wanting to, to have um, Joseph in, in rugby and however they can. Um, but as you say, the, the, dollar, the dollar signs are the things that everyone's talking about and, um, you know, Rugby Australia CEO Rob Clark came out last night and said this this report of three million dollars over three years is fanciful. So you know there's always a tipping point with these things, especially uh, you know with a kid so young. But um you know definitely rugby have been working overtime to try and to to convince him to to stay in rugby. He's such an exciting talent and um you know a promising sevens and fifteens player the last few years. Yes, if uh, if he lives up to the, the billing, it's going to be quite something over the next uh, few years, whether it be rugby or, or rugby league. Can't wait to see him at the top level. Um, another story that just keeps on giving as well is uh, that trans-Tasman argy-bargy that we've seen over the last couple of weeks. And, and the Kiwis, of course, invited us to sort of, you know, bow and scrape and express interest in being a part of their competition next year. Just take us through the response from... Well, firstly, Rugby Australia Chairman Hamish McLennan and then also CEO Rob Clark. Yeah, this was an, uh, an interesting one. New Zealand rugby have kind of gone out on their own and unilaterally decided the best competition that they want to have in 2021, which is kind of an eight to 10 team competition, maybe with a Pacifica team and maybe with as few as two Australian teams, which Rugby Australia have been very adamant about maintaining at least four teams and, you know, hopefully five with the force as well. And Hamish McLennan and Rob Clark have, have effectively come out and said that um, Rob Clark had a meeting with Mark Robinson on uh, earlier this week and, and you know, it didn't seem like there was much in the way of, you know, compromise being able to happen. So there's plenty to play out here. And, you know, ultimately, I, I think, you know, Rugby Australia wanting to, to put, a, you know, put their foot down a little bit and stop New Zealand just assuming that just because they've, you know, had a relatively winning record in recent years that they can dictate terms. And, no, and, and Australia aren't the only ones who were totally, you know, shocked by some of the things that New Zealand have been coming out with the last little while as well. It's, uh, it's going to be a really, um, you know, divisive time in, in the Sansa partnership. Yeah, I think the South Africans said something along the lines of, uh, you know, we didn't leave Super Rugby and Australia didn't leave Super Rugby. It was you, the New Zealanders, who, who pulled the pin on Super Rugby. Yeah, it, I think that's the thing. Jury Rui, the CEO of uh, of South African Rugby, last night came out and said exactly that. And and South Africa are very uh, frustrated by this process because you know while Australia and New Zealand have kind of been in talks about competitions, that South Africa have kind of been left out of the process, and it's just been assumed that they won't be part of Super Rugby 2021. But um, you know they're pretty 
pretty frustrated that, you know, it seems everyone forgot to tell them that. So it'll be interesting to see what action they take to try and, you know, keep the competition alive. Yes, yeah, very interesting indeed. And of course, uh, in terms of Australia, the option of a standalone Australian competition is still very real, including a, a revamped Sunwolves team, maybe even a team out of Argentina as well. So there are options, but there is still a long way to go. Well, I wonder what Nick White thinks about all of that. Just back from England, Nick, welcome to Rugby Nation. Would you prefer a trans-Tasman comp or a standalone Australian Super Rugby competition? Oh, that's a good question. Um, oh, look, I'll be, I'll be happy to play either, to be honest. Um, you know, I don't mind playing the Kiwis. Um, you know, um, you know they're, they're the best and, um, you know, there's... There's nothing wrong with playing against the best. I think it brings the standard up, that's for sure. But at the same time, I'd be happy to go out alone. Um, and, and, you know, say to, say to New Zealand, look, we'll, we'll see you at uh, Bledisloe time. And, um, you know, I've seen plenty of other sides. You know, I, I think of where I've just been in England. And, you know, England only played the All Blacks every, um, every couple of years. And, you know, they jag one and everyone thinks they're the world's best. Well, they certainly, certainly carry on like they are um, for, for the time in between World Cups. So... You know, like, I'm, I'm a little bit torn, to be honest. Um, you know, part of me is like, you know, I, I love the challenge of, of playing the best. That's why I do it. I, I think it's a great opportunity that we've got to, to play against them. But at the same time, if we, if we go it alone, I think that's, that's not bad either. And, um, you know, go back to maybe the way it was back in the early days, like 96, I think, you know, before it went professional, they'd, they'd play the Kiwis, you know, two or three times a year and that's it. And, you know, I'd... I think that's not a bad way to go either. So I'm going to sit on the fence on that one, but I certainly see positives of both ways. A lot of the guys who have spent time in, in England, Nick, you know, have come back and said that tribalism in the premiership that's so strong, you know, that comes from local teams, I guess, playing, you know, teams that are so close to each other. Do you think there's that's a big strength of, of looking a bit more internally? Is that, you know, you have that sort of local rivalry, even if it's just getting rid of potentially South Africa and Argentina, and, you know, making it more local that way. Yeah, definitely. I, I think that's that's exactly it. I think that the game may hurt a little bit going completely internal of Australian only, but it would create that. Um, you know, I certainly get the sense already that just with five teams, you know, um, on, you know again, this I spoke to yesterday, this is for people well above me, the big wigs that think about, you know, everything that I probably don't. Um, but there certainly is that feel of, you know, every game is... Um, you know, it's, a, it's almost a possible, well, it is, it's a possible probables for a Wallabies jersey. Um, and, you know, that it certainly creates that tribalism and, you know, guys certainly want to get one over the other. And, you know, if it's just New Zealand as well, I guess, you know, that's not too far away. But um, I certainly think that people watching the game would like to see, you know, they want to see the, the little brother against, you know, the Brumbies versus the Waratahs. They want to see those games. Um, you know, they want to see the, the state of origin type um, intensity of guys playing against each other and um, you know I guess you don't really get that when you're playing against you know Argentine, Argentina and South African sides so um, yeah maybe I think that is probably looking forward you know maybe for a while it's got to be New Zealand as well again I, I don't know I, I just don't know that's <laughs> people who know more about you know, what's sustainable and all that sort of things. You know, I'll, I'll worry about um, getting the ball out of the breakdown as quick as possible and, um, you know, getting between rucks as quick as possible. Well, just on that, um, obviously back and the opportunity now to play Super Rugby, that, that's kind of a bit of a bonus for you, isn't it? Because 
um, you know, if it was the season proper, if COVID hadn't hit, um, the season would have been over by now. So I guess, you know, silver linings. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, I was obviously coming, coming back and super rugby would have been done and to try my hand in the rugby championship. So, um, yeah, there's a chance for a few more caps there. Um, and, uh, you know, I've, I've joined a side that are, you know, doing pretty well this year. So, um, it's pretty exciting. Uh, obviously got a fair few boxes to tick and whether or not I'm needed, I'm not sure. That's for, uh, that's for, that's Dan's headache. You know, there's, there's four good nines down here now. So a good headache for him to have, but, um, yeah, very lucky. Like, yeah. Like you said, I, um, you know, I, literally I'm, I'm getting an extra season. So, you know, a little bit, a little bit more for, you know, bang for my buck. You mentioned the depth in the uh, halfbacks at, at the Brumbies, but there's some exciting nines across the country. Is anyone kind of caught your eye, um, you know, from the first few weeks of uh, the Australian Super Rugby Comp? Yeah, you're right. There's, there's plenty of nines. And I think probably one guy that I, you know, I think no one was really talking about and probably hasn't for a couple of years. I think Ian Pryor played really well. Uh, he's controlled the game really, really well. I think, um, you know, Super Rugby is a real, it's a frantic pace. Everyone knows that it's faster than anywhere else in the world. And at times it, you need a nine that can, can really control that tempo, control the game. And, you know, I thought he, he's doing that really well um, in, in the first, first game, especially against the Waratahs. And in that small period uh, against the Reds before he, before he got injured. And, um, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm good mates with Ian. And uh, it's good to see him doing well. He's goal-kicking well and, uh, and controlling the game. So, you know, I think for a couple of years there, it must have been hurting him to be a little bit like the forgotten man. But um, he's, certainly, he's certainly putting heat on uh, everyone on the East Coast. Good style of rugby that uh, the force are, are trying to play as well. I saw the clip on, on social media of you and the family uh, heading down the motorway from Exeter to, to Heathrow, and I thought, you poor bugger. Uh, the flight home with a couple of little ones and, and then quarantine. How has it been the last couple of weeks? Oh, mate, tough. Don't ask, don't ask my, my wife. She'll, uh, she'll give a real honest, honest answer. <laughs> but it, it, it has been, you know, like, uh, there's plenty of people doing it, doing it worse off, um, you know, and that's something that, um, you know, kind of to, to think about. But, um, yeah, look, it, it was certainly interesting. My, my little fella's a little bit like me. Uh, my two-and-a-half-year-old, he's... He's got bags of energy, so to have him locked in a room was uh, was a little bit tough. But um, you know, uh, you know, from for my wife, literally having three kids, you know, me and my two boys, I'm, I'm more or less I haven't grown up yet, so um, you know, she 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 did it tough, but I just joined in with them and and and, uh, and run around. But you know, it um, you know, if that's what we've got to do to keep the country safe, I'm more than happy to do it. Like I feel feel lucky that. ScoMo paid for mine because I was only a couple of days out from having to pay for it. So, you know, he, he put me up and fed me. So, thank, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you were saying earlier this week that you guys were in lockdown for like three months or whatever in England. You know, obviously away from your family and that sort of thing. How has it been to actually, you know, be in the same country as like your mum and dad and, and all of that, um, you know, since you've come back? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, pretty special. A little bit... Um, I'm being honest, a little bit emotional. Um, you know, I've been away for a while and, you know, when, when we left, you know, just a young bloke and, uh, and my wife and just, you know, weren't married at that stage. It's, it's very different to when you have kids. Um, you know, once we had Leo and, and now Sonny, um, it just changes the whole perspective of everything. And, um, you know, the, just feel really lucky. The, you know, I, I, 
like a lot of guys that leave would love to come back to, but you know, to have the opportunity to come back and be closer to family, I, I feel very lucky. And um, yeah, you know, going kind of pretty much four months of isolation over there, you know, UK housing's not, not huge. Don't have these big yards like we do in Australia. We're very lucky here. So, um, you know, it wasn't, wasn't a whole lot bigger than the hotel room we got. And um, so to, to get home, to be close to family, um, to, to get back into a little bit of normality, a bit of freedom, um, you know, like, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are spewing about the lockdowns we're going, you know, going through in, in Victoria. And, um, but, you know, I think the, the sooner we can get on, get on top of it, you know, um, you know, certainly for the last four months, been looking down to Australia thinking, gee, was how lucky are they? So, um, you know, you know to, to, to be able to, to visit family, you know, um, people weren't able to do that in the UK and certainly if I from the other side of the world wasn't able to and just just loving it. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a bad place to be when you look at the, the rest of the world. Life really has changed for you though, hasn't it? I mean, you go away as a couple and come back as a as a family. We saw you back last year in a Wallaby jersey, but, but five years away, um, Montpellier first and, and then Exeter in England. What about your rugby? How how's that changed you as a rugby player? Uh, a, a lot, and I think so much for the better. Um, you know, I played obviously a, a certain style under Jake um, here in uh, here in Canberra, and um, you know, I lost. Whilst I enjoyed the success we had, um, you know, I felt felt a little bit limited, and and went to Montpellier, um, and. Yeah, I kind of felt a little bit boxed in there as well. Um, obviously, uh, there with Jake again, and um, you know, I kind of, you know, I signed a three-year deal there, and, and and only played two there. I just wanted to get away and and you know, try my hand. So looked around, and um, you know, very lucky that Exeter um, were were interested to to have me because you know the, the way they played the game was definitely something that I, I wanted to wanted to explore with my game. Um, you know, they're very much a you know high ball in play side they they hold on to the ball you know the, the nines running a lot and um you know it was something that i wanted to go go try I have an open mind to you know getting back to maybe the way i was playing before i went professional you know through my club years and um and absolutely loved it and i think my time in exit i really just um you know just just gave me a whole heap of confidence to to be able to, to back my skill and um you know parts of my game that i know a lot of people didn't didn't have the chance to see um, before I left. So, um, you know, for the last three years, you know, um, yeah, I, uh, I enjoyed the way I was playing and, um, you know, the opportunity to come back and, and show that. And, you know, I think I showed glimpses of it um, in the Wallaby jersey and, and hopefully get a chance to, to do it in a, in a Brumbies jersey and a, and a Wallabies jersey, just show that, you know, that there's a lot more to my game and, and I've got a lot more to give. Exeter have obviously been, you know, a bit of a powerhouse up in up in England. Getting to play that way and finding success is that kind of, you know, help that confidence boost as well, I guess, and kind of reassure you that that's that's the way you should be playing. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, obviously I went there and they they won the competition the year before I got there, so I was a bit nervous going in. And um, yeah, definitely. Like uh, I went there with a pretty open mind, knowing, like, and that helped, like knowing that obviously what they're doing completely works because they've won. So um, that made, that made it easy. And um, yeah, you're dead right. Like um, I hadn't had the chance to play that way, but I knew that, uh, you know, I had full faith in, in to, to trust them in the way that I played. And 
and more so, I, I just enjoyed that style. Um, I think, you know, I'm not a huge guy, so I enjoy the the kind of high tempo, high balling play running. I think that's that's a that certainly works to my, my strengths. Tire, tiring out the big boys, and then you know, like I'm certainly not going to run over them. So if I can get them 10, 12, 15 phases in and tire them out, and then and take advantage, it's um it's something that you know uh, we certainly used in England, and um, you know I, I think it's certainly. Certainly something we can uh, we can do down here, you know, being maybe a little bit more patient with the ball. And, um, you know, like you know, obviously there's times to kick, but there's also times to, to, you know, there's some big bodies out there these days that, um, you know, if you, if, you, if you start going kind of 15 faces deep, they don't like it. So I might lean on that. You're uh, you're already sounding like an elder statesman. You, you bring so much experience back with you, Nick. How much... Has this Australian landscape changed though? There's so many new faces, isn't there? And you know, there's like a whole new wave of of talent coming through now. It's a, it's a different place to what you left it. Certainly is. Um, you know, and it's a, I think it's an exciting time. Obviously, the the under twenties for for the last couple of years have had great success, and you know, you're going to see that wave of talent come through um, over the next few years. I think it's just very important that we nurture that. I think um, you know, for, I've seen from looking. Looking across um, how quickly some guys, you know, we, we maybe expect too much of those younger guys. We expect the finished article. We expect them to be experienced and, you know, to be playing well week in, week out. And, and when they don't, we just spit them out. So um, I certainly think there is a role, a role for a few of us more experienced guys to, um, you know, to, to, to shoulder that load of, um, you, know, you know, of kind of leading from the front in terms of, you know, I'm not just talking about the game day stuff. Of obviously playing, playing well each week is important, but it's also important to get your routines right from from Monday to Friday to train well, to be doing the right things, so that you give yourself every chance of playing well on the weekend. Um, and you know, I think you know, coaches and the media have a part to play as well, not hanging guys out to dry. You know, these young guys that you know, if they come in and just do their job well, that should be good enough. We shouldn't expect them to be going out and and doing the fancy stuff every week. Um, so, you know, we just need to look after these, this, this couple of years of really good talent coming through the twenties and, you know, in a, you know, two, three, four, five years time, we're going to have some really exciting years. Um, so look, there, there might be some, you know, we might not have, you know, goes quickly as we want to get where we want to go, but, um, you know, we, we certainly, there's a path there that we can take and, um, you know, whilst I don't want to say it's going to take forever to rebuild, but, um, you know, we, we just need to make sure, like I said, we look after those younger guys and we do it properly and we do it right. And then, um, you know, we can, we can have long-term success. A lot of those young guys pushing for, you know, Wallabies squad selection. There's been a lot of chat about some of those 20s guys coming through. Like, how important do you think it is to make sure that, they do come through at the right time and maybe aren't necessarily thrown in, in the deep end? Or, or do you think some of these guys will be able to handle that on the on the other side of that? Well, there's definitely exceptions to the rule. Well, there will be some guys that definitely come through and are able to, to handle it. And there always has been. But I just don't think as a whole, we, we don't expect too much of, of all the young guys coming through because there is a lot of really young squads across all of Super Rugby here in Australia. Um, so, you know, the... Like I said before, like the the handful of more experienced guys have got to shoulder that load. We have to um, lead by example, and uh, and and not expect too much of 
you know, the, the younger guys, you know, we don't, shouldn't expect them to come in and have to win the game for teams, you know, if they come in and just do their job well. And, uh, yeah, I think there's some really exciting, really exciting years ahead. And those young guys should be pushing and wanting to be in squads and want to be teams and everything. But at the same time, they should be happy with just being a little bit patient. And, you know, so when they do get their chance, they're in and they stay in. You know what I mean? They don't, you don't want to see chopping and changing, you know, guys coming in, having two games and going, and we look for the next next thing. You know, we want to, want to look after guys over a couple of seasons, let them play a couple of seasons of good super rugby like it used to be. And then, you know, we say, you, you know, you're ready. And then they go in and they dominate in test level. So, you know, um, yeah, I'm, I'm sure... I'm sure there's, uh, you know, like, um, the super coaches and, and, you know, certainly Dave Rennie and, and the coaching staff will, are across that. But, you know, like I said, there's, there's, there's kind of media as well that look after guys and and uh, and also the coaches not hanging guys out to dry and not expect too much. So there's an exciting period. Like, you can't not get excited by how well the the juniors have gone over the last couple of years, but we can't expect them to transfer that into the big boy stuff. You know, straight away as 21-year-olds, 22-year-olds, you know, let, let's wait to them to, to mature into men around 25, 26 and, you know, get the, the next cycle between the World Cup that's just been the next one and, and 2023 can be pretty exciting. It's almost resisting the temptation, isn't it, when you when you get all these new stars on the horizon, you you kind of want to throw them in and and, uh, and see them do well, but just maybe just hold them back a little bit. Um, you mentioned Dave Rennie. You've been in touch with him. What are your impressions of uh, of the new Wallaby coach? Yeah, really good. I've um, you know, I've spoken to him um, a fair bit over, over COVID. I had the pleasure of playing against him. Um, the week we were playing Glasgow, he was announced as the, uh, the Wallaby coach. That was a nerve-wracking week. You know, uh, I want to do well to impress the... Rest of your coach got one over him, which was nice. Um, but uh, you know, I spoke to spoke to him. Obviously, he was in Glasgow and, and dealing with when the season would finish and, and around that sort of stuff. Um, and uh, a really really good guy. You can spoken to a few guys, a few of the Kiwis up there that have played for him when he was at the Chiefs, and a, um, you know, Stuart Hogg who's at the Chiefs who played for him at Glasgow, and have all just you know said nothing but. A, no, nothing but great things about him and seems like the type of guy that you want to play for just a, a, a really good bloke obviously a really good coach as well but it's important that he's a good person and um, you know, I think like I said there's a good talent in, uh, in in the playing group but also I think some great great coaches really exciting time you know Dave Rennie Scott Wiseman or Matt Taylor she was Dean Benton John Pryor like, these are all world class blokes so um, you know it's, uh, it's, it's exciting Exciting period. I don't want to get everyone hopes hopes up too much, but <laughs> you know what I mean. It's uh, maybe not straight away, but yeah, certainly, certainly looking good. Yeah, you mentioned um, Scott Wisemantle there. He was at Montpellier when you were there. Is that right? Um, yeah. What What do you think he's going to bring to the Wallabies' attack? Uh, yeah, he was. Uh, you know, was he was Montpellier. Um, I think you know, was he's just got a you know a hell of a lot of experience. He's got to look at how well he did with England. Um, and, and what he brought there, you know, I think Scott's very good at, at honing in on the bread and butter skills that, that each position has. Um, you know, in terms of attack, um, he's pretty open-minded. He he adapts well with the game, which I think is great. Um, you know, he, he he follows trends, he sets trends, uh, which is what he did with England, I think. And um, you know, he's he's not scared to to let 
the players back their skill. Um, you know, if there's there's space to run it, let's run it. If there's if there's kick space in in, in terms of you know putting kicks behind, I think you saw England do that against the All Blacks. They did it against Ireland. Um, you know, he just backs skill and he loves skill. So you know, he's he's very big on the bread and butter skills. So um, you know, I think that's going to be very important. That All Blacks are going to be able to catch pass, kick, do you know, be able to do everything. And um, you know, like I said, he's very um, in touch with where the game is at and uh, not afraid to, to maybe push some boundaries and, and you know, not just follow trends but set them as well. A lot of expectation on uh, on what that group, that uh, coaching group might be able to deliver. Uh, this weekend, Super Rugby AU continues. Uh, Beth, starting Friday night at the SCG. Friday night, the Rebels was supposed to be a Rebels home game, but in the wake of all the coronavirus um, challenges that they've faced, it's a Waratahs home game at the SCG, and it's going to be, um, you know, a really exciting contest. The Rebels had a week off; they'll come in pretty fresh, um, and the Waratahs will be, you know, pretty keen for a bit of redemption after falling in the last two minutes, you know, against the the Brumbies last weekend. Um, you know, there's some exciting matchups here. I think, um, particularly, probably the second row is going to be interesting. The Waratahs lineout has been you know, their strength the last couple of weeks and um, probably surprised a few people. But, um, you know, I guess, yeah, it should be an exciting one. And Nick, what, what do you reckon, uh, who do you reckon will get on top, I guess, on, on Friday night? It'll be interesting. I think it's it's a really good matchup when you get teams that are kind of contrasting. I think, you know, you see the way the Waratahs play in that kind of like they're getting real width into their game. And it'll be, uh, I guess, a, a contest of who's going to blink first because the Rebels come with some serious line speed you know, around the centres there. And, uh, you know, I could probably potentially catch the Waratahs, but, you know, if the Waratahs stick to their game, you know, and, and want to go around them, there's probably space to get around them. But, you know, they're going to have to be potentially back their depth. And, and you know, it's going to be quite ballsy in terms of if you get caught, you're going to be caught behind the game line quite a bit. But if they can get around that, well, then there's some serious space down that edge. So, you know, I, I kind of, I really like when you get two teams that, so contrasting in styles, it's like, well, which style is going to come out on top? You know, the Rebels' defence and, and line speed could catch them, but at the same time, if the Waratahs play like, you know, I think they gave, gave the Brumbies a real scare with that that style. You know, Carmichael was just floating across the field, little dummy went out the back, went over the top and, and backed himself to get to that space and to their runners out wide. So that's an exciting style and... I'm going to sit on the fence there. I'm sorry, but uh, I look forward to watching it. <laughs> and then on uh, Saturday night at Leichhardt Oval, the, the Brumbies in the force now. Uh, you mentioned Ian Pryor. I'm not quite sure. He, he was having a shoulder problem, so I'm not quite sure where he's at. But uh, one guy who won't be playing, Greg Holmes, your, your Exeter teammate, um, he's got a broken thumb. But uh, how do you see your guys against the force? I'll tell you what, what a, what a tough bugger. McCall, his bloody thumb exploded and he's got like seven screws, a bit of wire, everything in it. And you know, he made 14 tackles after it. So, um, yeah. you know, I, I don't know if he's tough or, or dumb. I don't know. But, um, <laughs> um, it, you know, it's, how good is it to see a 37-year-old still running around? Um, you know, I think it's going to be exciting. There's two teams that are probably a little bit more patient with the ball. Um, the ball in play time is going to be high between these two. Um, you can kind of just see that in the trends, the way the games have gone. That you know these these two teams, like us and them, have, have been involved in. So um, you know, there's going to be plenty of playing, um, and you know I think uh, I think 
whilst whilst the boys won the game on the weekend, there's a sense down here that was almost feels like a loss. You know, they're pretty disappointed in, in the way they played um, against the Waratahs. So um, training's been pretty sharp here, and I'll you know I'll expect that the boys will um, you know put on quite a show. But you know um, they've certainly spoken this week in in meetings about respecting the force. Um, you know they're a really good side, and and like I said, they're you know, um, they're certainly patient with the ball and love to attack. So it's um, quite different. It might be two styles, kind of similar-ish, um, you know, but very attacking. And, uh, you know, obviously, I don't really, it goes without saying in my backing. But, um, you know, it'll, uh, you know it'll, it'll be good to watch. It certainly will be good to watch. And like I said, ball and play will be up. There'll be plenty of phases, plenty of attack. Um, so it'll be exciting. And just before we let you go, um, you're hanging out at, at uh, Lockie McCaffrey's house. Now, I thought that Alan Alalatoa was there as well. It's got a it's got a bit of a commune feel about it. It does. It's a big giant, buddy. Lockie McMoney, I call him. He, uh, he's got a big farm out there outside of Canberra. And, uh, and I, I housed him in 2014 when he came down for a little while, so he's returning the favour. But um, it's good. I've got the big skip there, big Alan. He's, he's driving me in each day. You know, I'm 30 years old, a father of two, and I feel like I'm 21, getting, you know, just staying at my mate's house, getting a lift into work. It's, uh, I really wind back the clock. It really is like I'm starting here again. I'm the young academy kid. Uh, it's good to see you. Nick, it's great to see you back. It really is. Um, not just Brumbies fans, but I reckon all Aussie fans will be wishing you all the very best. Thanks for being with us today on Rugby Nation. Oh, thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. And um, yeah, I love talking rugby, so anytime. Good stuff. Beth, thank you. Enjoy the week. I'm sure there'll be uh, plenty to talk about, as always, next week. Yeah, can't wait for another week of friends, husband, Bob. Very nice. And, uh, and thank you for checking out Rugby Nation. Look forward to your company again next time. I'm Nick McArdle. Bye for now. Thank you very much.